0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Veterinary Journal Club. Um, it's uh, good to be here again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Well, we're going to talk about something medical today. We've done some other shows of different topics, things like that. And so we decided it would be good to get back and, and talk about some
1: Doctor medical stuff.
0: stuff. Doctor stuff. Yeah. So we decided we would talk about pancreatitis, which is a really broad topic, um, obviously. Um, so this is going to be probably like a little bit of an overview. And I mean, anybody who listens to this can probably tell these shows are not scripted. So, um, I can't tell you what we're going to talk about specifically, but, um, I also am an emergency critical care doctor, so it's going to come from that angle. Um, and I guess we'll talk about the things that suck about it (laughs) essentially and the things that I get frustrated about and then my two cents of, you know, how I manage it. Um, and you know what's changed? What what's changed for me over the years? What's changed in the literature, um, to some degree, over the years? So, yeah, let's we'll get to it.
1: So what I is? I you going to start with that. Pancreatitis, other than something that happens in the pancreas.
0: Yeah, well, pancreatitis literally just means inflammation of the pancreas. Um, Does that mean it's it
1: bigger, or there's just like goo in it, or?
0: <laughs> so inflammation just means a basically an influx of inflammatory cells. But what makes pancreatitis unique is the pancreas. You've got um, the endocrine pancreas and the exocrine pancreas. And the endocrine pancreas is like the hormonal side, the side that makes things like insulin. Um, But the exocrine pancreas is the part of the pancreas that makes things and that help you digest your food. So the pancreas makes digestive enzymes. So it
1: does hormones and helps you digest things? So it's like a... It's a, a general organ. It doesn't a general.
0: It, it's a, it does a bunch pretty of different unique stuff. organ. Yeah. So it's got those two main roles and and it's very important. And we forget about, um, I, I think at least I do, um, I think about the pancreas and I think about a lot of times the endocrine side of it, um, that it's the site of insulin production and a number of other horlo- hormones, um, but the exocrine pancreas is super important. And if that's not working properly, um, that can lead to major issues. So there's a disease called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency where um, animals don't have those digestive enzymes. And so they eat and eat and eat and their poop comes out pretty much the way it went in and they don't gain weight. And it's really a problem. And you have to supplement the enzyme, blah, blah, blah. OK, so it's one of those that you can't get rid of no <laughs> you you definitely have to to keep most That's of it you can it. remove part of it so like if you if there's like a tumor in the pancreas you can remove part of it but you definitely need at least some of it um so the but the exocrine part the part that makes those digestive enzymes those get packaged up so they can be safely transported to the intestines where digestion takes place um but if it gets inflamed And with inflammation, a lot of times you get leakiness of vessels. And so you can get these digestive enzymes that are leaking out prematurely when they're not properly packaged and they're not safe. And then you can get severe pain because you have digestion or I mean, what digestion is is breaking down of usually proteins and other uh, carbohydrates, all those different materials so that you can use them, your body can use them. Um, And if that's happening outside of the gut to living tissue, hang on, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry about that. I felt it coming on, but I couldn't suppress it. Anyhow, um, if that happens in living tissue, it hurts a lot. Like digesting What's the tissues. the
1: human eclatical? It's also called pancreatitis.
0: pancreatitis. Yeah. Yeah. What's different between pancreatitis in um, people and in dogs is that Um, not that I treat it in people, but like from the literature, the, um, majority, well, it seems like this, this could just be my impression. So any physicians out there listening, if I'm super duper wrong, please, um, email in and tell us, um, and I'll correct it later. But my impression just from reading the literature is that most people that get pancreatitis get it either secondary to gallstones or to alcoholism, um, those seem to be like the two things that come up over and over again when you um, look at the literature and, and you include um, human papers and things like that, which we don't see a lot of gallstones. We do occasionally see them in dogs and cats, but pretty, pretty rare. We see a lot more pancreatitis than we see gallstones. And alcoholism is incredibly rare <laughs> in animals. <laughs> and um, and so that's certainly not a cause. And so most of the time when we diagnose or... Um, We'll talk about that. When we we suspect an animal has pancreatitis, we don't know the cause. There are some proposed things that will incite pancreatitis. Like um, there's a concern that ingestion of like a super fatty rich meal um, can do that. But That one's one that's kind of a hard thing to prove, but it seems like um, it does seem to happen in some animals that, you know, at least temporarily after, oh, you know, he got into the garbage and ate the leftover, I don't know, turkey or whatever. I don't, for a dog that's not used to it, that might happen. Um, But most of the time when we think an animal has pancreatitis, I don't know why. Um, So we usually don't identify a specific cause and it's going to be idiopathic, but we just call it pancreatitis. Like that's the diagnosis. But the reason that happens your guess is as good as mine. Well, probably not quite as good as mine, but it's, yeah, both of us aren't going to know. Um, So I don't want to spend a whole time talking about the diagnosis of pancreatitis other than to say it's challenging. Um, And people have been trying for a long time to come up with, like, what's the best way to diagnose pancreatitis? And even the gold standard isn't perfect, um, which is frustrating. And the gold standard would be like a biopsy um, to actually look at the pancreas and find the inflammation. But pancreatitis can be sort of um, heterogeneous, meaning parts of the, the pancreas could look rather normal and other parts can look rather abnormal. So if the pathologist gets the wrong slice of tissue, you might miss the diagnosis. Um but the um so it doesn't get like bigger Um so like, like inflamed. Th- and this is where it gets tricky. So it no, not really. Um and,
1: and there's no like like you say it kind of leaks. You can't just like, oh, if this leaky acid is somewhere then Pancreatitis.
0: Yeah. No. So, okay, there are um, pancreatic lipase immunoreactivity uh, is is a test in dogs and cats that you can do. And people like this. Um, in some of the reports, they, it, it reports, the reports have decent specificity and sensitivity. However, that doesn't always translate clinically. The problem is um, you can get false positives, especially with other diseases that can cause similar signs as pancreatitis. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a frustrating thing. The, the good news is, so pancreatitis is a clinical diagnosis in my opinion that like, that's what I need. I like, I don't need all the other tests. If I have an animal that has the signs of pancreatitis, which what would you guess those would be?
1: Probably pain yep. in the belly. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, nailed it. Diarrhea. Sometimes more, um, more often than diarrhea though.
1: Blood in the stool.
0: Mm, maybe. Yeah. No. Um, it's more a problem at the other end.
1: Oh, vomiting?
0: Yeah. So a lot more vom- vomit, usually vomiting, abdominal pain, and they don't want to eat, which usually goes with the vomiting. That, there you go. Which you probably know just from being on the show that that is also the science of a lot of, of things. Of everything else. Yeah. yeah. So the abdominal pain, I think, is an important one. So if you have an animal that doesn't have pain in on palpation of their belly, I would be suspicious is of Is it like in a specific place or is it Yeah, everywhere? in the area of the pancreas. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of other organs that are close to the pancreas. And so it's like a general, usually like cranial abdominal pain rather than back by the bladder. So it sits up near the stomach and the liver. Um So if you're back by the bladder, like and the pain hurts or the pain hurts, um, if the pain is, is, is more caudal on the patient, that wouldn't fit as well. Um, but a lot of times they'll just have general abdominal pain. Um, but if they don't, if you can't, get pain on abdominal palpation I would be suspicious of a diagnosis of pancreatitis because as I said just
1: like a tough dog yeah and
0: and, no like
1: I don't feel pain there
0: can be it can be a problem with us interpreting pain or like identifying it for sure and that that could be a whole other podcast is how do you recognize an animal's painful but um but I they shouldn't be like hey what's up everybody and then you squish on their bell and they're like everything's totally fine like that would be weird um but there can be a wide range of how severe the pain is too. Um, so that's a challenge. But anyway, so they have non-specific GI signs and belly pain. Well, essentially what I do is rule out the other things that would, the, the obvious things that would cause belly pain and vomiting and inappetence, um, which that's like a nearly infinitely long list. But basically I want to find the things that need a specific treatment. Um, so I need to rule out, you know, are their kidneys broken? Is their liver broken? Do they have a foreign body? And if I rule out most of those major things, um, after that, it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is because the treatment is pretty much going to be the same. Um, so what do you think the treatment for pancreatitis is?
1: Um, time. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Babe, people are going to think I helped you with that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So it's supportive care. So basically, we just try to make them feel better um, and we support all the consequences. So pain management, duh. Um, nausea, treat the nausea, vomiting, all of that good stuff. And then just support like if they have a lot of losses that can lead to dehydration or hypovolemia. So we have to support them through that. Now, um, we could have a whole podcast just on like the nutritional supplement and pancreatitis, but... For a long time. The Probably
1: not high fatty food.
0: Generally not. Yeah, that's correct. Well done. You're so good <laughs> at this. I should just give you a degree, put you to work. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people who need help. So if you're looking for a non-veterinarian veterinarian, send us an email. she <laughs> will send over to go work for you. Um, he can treat pancreatitis. No, it's um, it's pretty just you, you treat the symptoms. Um, so... Uh, nutritionally not a high fat food good job Um, the timing of feeding is what has been controversial over the years where um, some people will say don't feed them you have to fast them because that will only um, because you're going to stimulate more release of enzymes from the pancreas and that's potentially making things worse Uh, but newer evidence has come out being like actually feeding them is a good thing and that's maybe
1: it gets rid of the it like works it through faster overwhelms.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's just that like it turns out nutrition is really important for life in general and just the body needs it and um, everything like the GI tract is going to be healthier and heal faster. Yeah, It needs the, the
1: building blocks to fix it.
0: Yeah, and food doesn't cause pancreas. Like food is just not like, oh, because we would all die. <laughs> so you need to eat food. Now, again, the type of food, and if we can reduce the fat, that seems to be preferable. There are also people that say, okay, we want to feed, um, uh, we, they'll do jejunal feeding, meaning they'll pass a tube somehow, some, maybe through the nose or somewhere else, but basically they want the, the end of the tube to be past the duodenum. Um, and the thought is we can have less stimulation of the pancreas. I was like, but you still got to digest your food. Anyway, there's all sorts of different things that people have tried um, nutritionally, and that's not the focus of this. I'm trying to keep it more general. But but I do think trying to get them nutrition is a good thing. The problem is they don't feel like eating. Um, And so we often have to do some type of nutritional supplement, whether that's enteral or parenteral feeding, enteral being meaning Directly to the gut and parenteral meaning IV, um, enteral is better if for in nearly all situations if possible. So p- passing a, a short-term nasogastric tube or nasoesophageal tube. Um, if it's going on longer, you can put an esophageal tube in, but that requires a little surgery. The thing with pancreatitis is it's an inflammatory condition. When it gets bad, um, in some cases of pancreatitis are really mild, but the bad ones where they're really painful, um, they have. Severe GI signs, severe vomiting, um, maybe also diarrhea. Definitely don't want to eat. They just—they're miserable. They're just miserable. Um, but all that inflammation can be you know, lead to systemic inflammation and systemic inflammation can then start to have impacts on other organ systems. Um, So these animals can develop ARDS or acute respiratory distress syndrome. And so inexplicably, they have now lung signs um, for a disease that started in the belly. Now that you'd have to differentiate with all their vomiting. Do they have aspiration pneumonia, which is also a possible Um, bad luck consequence of vomiting Um, or do they have ARDS which sucks and is really bad the other thing is they can be prone to throwing clots because of all the inflammation that can make them hypercoagulable Um, so they can develop all sorts of complications but the one that can frustrate me the most is the pain is these, these animals can be just excruciatingly painful and it sort of breaks your heart. And I've had a number of cases over the years. Um, at Some of them, I didn't recognize this at the time, but looking back, I suspect what was going on is they had what's called abdominal compartment syndrome Um or they, or intraabdominal hypertension. So with um, the pancreatitis, the inflammation, they get a peritonitis, which is just inflammation of the entire abdominal cavity. So it just sort of spreads to the whole abdomen. And that inflammation, um, along with the pain, and like when your belly hurts, you sort of tense up, all your muscles tense up. Um, so between the peritonitis and the inflammation um, and that tensing, uh, the pain, the pressure inside their belly can get really high. And when the pressure gets really high, that can impact blood flow. And and there are ways to measure intraabdominal abdominal pressure. Um, but I've had a few patients. I, I had one I can remember so clearly when I was a resident that I was convinced died from its pain. Like we couldn't, we were actually talking to the owner saying, okay, we cannot manage your dog's pain. We're not doing a good job with this. And so I wanted to put it on the ventilators because, so I could put it into a coma. I was like, I want to put your dog in a medically induced coma just to get it past this because that dog was miserable. While the owner was deliberating, um, the dog died. So, didn't ever get to that. But I suspect in retrospect, I think that that dog might have had abdominal compartment syndrome. And so one of the things that I've started doing in these really bad pancreatitis cases is um, doing epidurals in them. Um, so just like you do for a pregnant woman who is going to have a baby, mm-hmm. um, you can do that to basically numb the lower half or the, the back half of the animal's body. And you can do epidural catheters where you put and a catheter does that in
1: it. And help just because they don't... Feel the yeah. pain and yeah,
0: exactly. And then that, they relax.
1: Oh, because they're they're I, tensing, otherwise, yeah.
0: So it doesn't get rid of all the pressure, but if it lowers it enough that blood flow is better, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that it, it one, it makes them more comfortable, which is an excellent goal. But I do think it helps reduce the pressure because of all that muscle that's tensing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's think it a
1: helps. funny story with um, he's a he's like a bodybuilder. This builder. is a serious topic. To oh, no, I'm kidding. Tell your friends he's a bodybuilder/slash fitness YouTube social media guy, Bradley Martin. Some people have probably heard of him. He has a story one time. He's talking about like when he was um, either in high school or college, he really wanted to be like have abs. And he's like, he's like, I felt like I needed to flex all the time (laughs) or else I would lose my abs. And so he's just like constantly like tensing his abs Uh. or whatever. And then he started getting these stomach aches and he uh, went into the doctor and the doctor was like, stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You're giving yourself, I don't know if it's a true story, but he said it. That's so weird. Just like um, sitting there like, yeah. just tensioned himself the whole time and like, like messed up his Your stupidity uh, is
0: affecting you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if he's listening. He's not. Um, yeah, it's uh, not quite like that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he didn't have any
1: inflammation, but. Yeah, but I mean, you can.
0: Muscles. Like that. that is how you increase the pressure in your abdomen. That's why when you vomit, like your abdomen, like if you've had a, um, you got really sick or after a night of heavy drinking and you vomited a lot, like your abs will be sore after a while. And that's because you do engage your abdominal muscles to increase the pressure in your abdomen to expel food. Or like if you you're constipated and you've been sitting on the toilet for a while, you'll engage your abs without thinking about it. And they can be sore after that. I don't know. I don't think my abs have ever been sore after constipation, but, um, (laughs) maybe somebody out there can relate to that. I don't know. Um, Anyway, let's stop talking about that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so managing the pain um, in pancreatitis, I think, is super duper important. Now, not all of them. In fact, most of the animals that get pancreatitis aren't going to need an epidural. But here's just a little tidbit. This is, this is not evidence-based. I don't have a prospective study where I compared um, pain management protocols. But I used to be a huge fan of relying on opioids in these cases, um, fentanyl CRIs, things like that. Um, and while they're good pain meds, They definitely are. The adverse side effects of opioids are GI side effects. So it'll cause ileus, nausea, regurgitation. Well, this is a patient that already has that. Yeah, exactly. So... I try now actually not to give opioids if I can avoid it. Um, some of them are severe enough, they need it. And if, I, if they do, I try to use it very short term, like 24, maybe 48 hours. But the backbone of my analgesic plan for pancreatitis cases now is actually a ketamine CRI. Um, and ketamine is, uh, it, it, the biggest side effect you get with that is sedation. And, and some animals will get like really dysphoric and kind of crazy. But at low doses that I use for um, uh, analgesia, works really nicely and it does not have GI side effects, which is awesome. Um, ketamine can work really nicely with opioids because you can use lower doses of both of them. But again, in pancreatitis, I'm going to try really hard to avoid um, the pure mu agonist if I can. Um, so ketamine is definitely my go-to in pancreatitis now. And so I'll start with like a, a bolus of half to one mg per kg and then start them on like three to four mics per kg per minute. And you can go up to 10 mics per kg per minute, which is a, a good bit. And um, and I like it a lot. So that's that's my go-to for managing like in-hospital pancreatitis pain, um, which is yeah, it's probably what I not
1: one that you can send home with people.
0: No, but there is a, a drug with a similar mechanism of action called amantidine. So it's also an NMDA receptor antagonist, and there's a few studies out there on using it in dogs. I don't know if there's any. I I have to look to see if there's any. Um, uh, literature on using it in cats. Um, but some of the early stuff is actually pretty promising on using amantadine, but it is early. So um, it's hard to be like, this is the exact dosage you need and so on and so forth. But it's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and something I certainly have used um, when ketamine is working really well in the hospital and it's time to send them home and I think they still need mm-hmm. some analgesia, then amantadine um, so the, would be a consideration.
1: amantadine doesn't do the the weird stuff that ketamine does? It doesn't seem to. Yeah, it's not illegal. I mean, it's going
0: to sedate them. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, ketamine's not illegal. It's not illegal? On the street it is, but yeah. I'm allowed to prescribe well, yeah. it legally. You mean it's a prescription? Yeah, like, yeah, a, a, man to like a, a prescription. Uh, it's my a control dog's drug. really
1: painful. Can you give him some ketamine? I don't think that's
0: caught on. Caught on. No, I don't think it's going to happen that way. Um, it's not oral ketamine, but it's got, because ketamine, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's an NMD receptor antagonist, but I don't think yeah. so. I don't know if, I don't think amantadine is even controlled. I don't even know that. I should look that up. I don't think so.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's prescription, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's a control, like a schedule two controlled narcotic or something like that. All right. We'll look that up or somebody, you should all look it up right now. Pause this, pause the show and Google it. All right. Now that you're back from looking that up, <laughs> are you going to look it up right now? Maybe if I can If you can find it, it really quickly. Oh, amantadine. Oh, how
1: common is uh, the pancreatitis thing?
0: Well, that is tricky. Like is like one of those tricky. zebras
1: that everybody's like? No. it's pancreatitis.
0: No, you it's, think everything? It's an important. No, it's not quite like that. But it is an important differential that you want to think about. But it's tricky because it's sort of that diagnosis of exclusion. So you could have an animal that comes in for vomiting and belly pain and you're like, yeah, that's pancreatitis and somebody else is like, oh, that's gastroenteritis and they might both be right. Like we don't know. So because the diagnosis is so fuzzy, it's hard to know. GI signs in general are incredibly common um, reason to present um, You know, for either a sick appointment or an emergency. I would say of the patients that present on emergency Um I don't know. Pancreatitis. I uh, we probably treat maybe one a week, one every other week that we suspect is pancreatitis. And, you know, probably seventy percent of those truly are. There might be some that are just gastroenteritis that we sort of overdiagnosed. Um it's not rare. Um, it's not so, it's less common than just a gastroenteritis, like a generic gastroenteritis, but it's, it's fairly common. Um, it's an important disease and it's an important differential. But like I said, whether or not you, you're managing a case of gastroenteritis, that's definitely pancreatitis or definitely some other cause of gastroenteritis. Like, I don't know that it matters all that much, but if they're really, really painful, then it probably matters because you got to just manage their pain. But yeah, did you so, find it? Oh yeah, I
1: just found it. What'd you find? Amantadine it is. Prescription only, but it doesn't look like it's schedule anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: what I would have thought. I was and then like, ketamine I don't think is
1: schedule three schedule in the three. UNS and schedule one in California.
0: Ooh. Like, okay. Poor me poor more people abusing it in California, I guess. Probably. That, that makes sense. I can say that because I'm from there. Mm-hmm. No, whatever. <laughs> anyway. And is it the um, sort of thing
1: like anytime you have these signs anyway, like it doesn't really matter if it's dice, yeah. you do the same thing?
0: Yeah, because if they're painful, you treat their pain. If they're vomiting, you treat their vomiting. If they're nauseated, you treat their nausea. If they're dehydrated, you treat their dehydration. Um, and the, the thing that's nice is the expected recovery time is probably going to be longer with a bad pancreatitis than with a non-specific gastroenteritis. So if like you put them on fluids, you give them some supportive care and the next day they're significantly better it might have been a mild case of pancreatitis, but it's more likely it was just a gastroenteritis um, versus if they're still sick, like if they have a more prolonged protracted recovery, I'd be more inclined to think that was pancreatitis. But again, it doesn't matter because if they're getting better, you can back off your treatments and get ready to send them home. And if they're not, you might need to escalate your treatments or your support. You might need to start thinking about nutritional support. So whether or not it's officially pancreatitis from the Pet's perspective from the client's perspective doesn't really matter. Now, from a, a understanding, from a research in medical records, it'd be really nice. But since it's incredibly difficult and borderline impossible to say 100% definitively in a clinical patient, this is pancreatitis. At least you're going to have a hard time convincing me um, that you've 100% ruled this in and ruled everything else out. And then I just don't care.
1: What about like um future? So you think it had pancreatitis? You mm-hmm. get it fixed uh, is it more likely to get pancreatitis again later such on
0: such a good question um so there is not good evidence supporting that that's true that like once you get pancreatitis you're prone to getting pancreatitis
1: i guess the way you're describing it too it yeah. seemed like an animal that an animal that gets it would be prone to right it. like it's just, um, it does some sort of um but i was actually just reading something
0: about this not that long ago and I, this might have been A a people. It might have been a people study. I can't remember if this was. I was reading a a, a human literature, a human medical article. Blah blah. blah. Anyway, you guys wouldn't get what I'm saying. Waste of time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it was basically like in the absence of some structural change to the pancreas, pancreatitis doesn't increase the chance of like chronic, chronic. intermittent or recurrent pancreatitis but there does seem to be a subset of animals that get this low grade chronic intermittent recurrent gi signs that often gets called pancreatitis or you know but it's really hard because i don't know i don't know it's probably overuse of antibiotics that's causing all of this stuff (laughs) (laughs) you giggle but that might be true um yeah, I, I don't know. I, certainly when I, I don't tell people like, oh, your dog's got like a 20% chance of having this again or anything like that. It's just Yeah, like, it's yeah. not
1: something you really have to worry about. It's no. not something that you see clinically. It's like, oh, no. here's it, Scooter back the, with pancreatitis I again. Yeah,
0: I definitely see patients that get referred over with bad GI signs that the owner says, oh, he gets these flare-ups and my vet has told me it's pancreatitis. And maybe it is, um, but I would say the, pa- the patients that I see hospitalized um, for bad pancreatitis, they don't come back with that again. Like mm-hmm. that it's- so I don't. Those people are not really supportive of religion
1: consistently yeah. eating some, they're eating like jalapenos. Yeah, or maybe that
0: animal has like a chronic GI, like enteropathy, like um, um, some sort of IBD, uh, irritable bowel disease, or some inflammatory thing of food insensitivity, all sorts of things that are more likely causing that chronic intermittent recurrence of the GI signs um, than a chronic pancreatitis. I'm not saying it never happens. There probably are some that either they just have this low-grade pancreatitis that never fully heals or there's some other weird thing. I don't know. But I would say that is... That's rare to have like recurrent pancreatitis. Pancreatitis is probably not rare. Um, it's not super common, but um, it's out there for sure. You're going to see it. If you're in small and practice, you're going to see patients mm-hmm. with pancreatitis.
1: And you were saying something that pancreatitis can cause inflammation in like all the other organs. Yeah. Can the, like if you have an organ that's inflamed, can it cause the pancreas to inflame? That's a good
0: question. I mean, probably just given that like what we know in people like gallstones um, uh, and alcoholism, which usually affects the liver. Like, I don't know if the alcoholism directly causes pancreatitis or it's from like the liver disease, but gallstones are, you know, Uh, so probably um, that would certainly, certainly there are reports of um, too aggressive handling of the pancreas at surgery leading to secondary pancreatitis. Mm -hmm. The pancreas is sort of a a fragile little flower and you do have to be careful with it when you're handling it at surgery. Um, So, Yeah, it just makes sense to me that peritonitis or some inflammation and definitely pancreatitis can cause um, other signs. So it can cause obviously the gastroenteritis that you see. um, But also in cats, there's a syndrome that people call triaditis. um, And that just means three things are inflamed, literally. Um, So the pancreas, um, I think the duodenum and the liver. So they get kind of all these because they're just geographically all right near each other. It's like okay, cool. I don't, I don't really care. But it's like they have all the same signs. Cats frequently will get um, hyperbilirubinemia with pancreas. Dogs do that too, but it's really, I think, a little more common in cats. But what are you looking up now? Uh, He's I not there listening was to some, me. He's googling things.
1: I thought there was some zombie movie where there was a thing with the pancreas. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't. It think does sort was. of
0: look kind of brain-like. I don't know. Yeah, it's like pink and irregular and weird looking. Yeah, because
1: I, I was thinking it was maybe that um. The one with Drew Barrymore, um, the TV show, yeah. The, what's it, Santa, Santa Clara Diet? Yeah, Santa Clara Diet. I was thinking maybe that was like, it was the pancreas. You're dropping or something. all sorts
0: of pop ish culture references
1: yeah I gotta keep it interesting yeah Just are you hoping these
0: people will listen and talking then they'll about bite in?
1: pancreas and blah 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 blah.
0: <laughs> oh there is something I want to say though I'm gonna go backwards in time to when we were talking about the diagnosis and I feel so 20 minutes
1: like- ago we've turned back
0: time <laughs> yes, turned back time okay I want you to pause this go back in time to when I was talking about diagnostics and then when I'm done with this you can skip forward again um we're making this complicated for the listeners. I'm going to need you guys as listeners to step up your game a little bit. Um, we're not editing this, so anyway, diagnostically, I feel like people over um, rely on or they give a little too much um, credit to the ability of ultrasound to diagnose pancreatitis. Okay, so ultrasound can be helpful, but I think it's most helpful in ruling out other causes of the GI signs than it is then de- as de- definitively ruling in pancreatitis. I've had plenty of cases over the years where an animal gets an ultrasound and um, the radiologist says it's got signs of pancreatitis, which is like, <clears throat> excuse me, like uh, some edema of the pancreas or some um, hyper echogenicity of the fat around the pancreas. And they're like, it looks like pancreatitis. I'm like, great, that animal has no GI signs. So, bleh, no, it's not. Or an animal that like really feels like it's got pancreatitis. I'm like, yeah, the pancreas look normal. And I'm like, I'm going to keep treating it for pancreatitis. Um, I feel like you're very study-
1: critical of the ultrasound as a treatment.
0: Really? Always, what else have I complained about? It's actually?
1: usually like someone will want to get an ultrasound for something and you're like, well, how would that change what you do? It doesn't matter. You don't need to get the ultrasound. You would do the same thing either way. Yeah. And then you have the other things where it's about all like the surgery stuff um, where it's <laughs> people are like, oh, we didn't get an ultrasound. We'll just do this. Blah, blah blah. it's like, well, if you get an ultrasound, I'll tell you right where it is. What are you doing? What? So it's like when people want okay. to get the ultrasound, you're like, you're an idiot. And when they don't get the ultrasound, <laughs> why didn't you get an ultrasound?
0: I'm hypercritical. So all right. that's probably a fair um, right? argument. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ultrasound costs like $300. Yeah. But I it personally seems like don't like spending does
1: the opposite of what you do.
0: <laughs> that sounds about like my life too. <laughs> so I do think we over rely on, and like I've worked with amazing radiologists and they're really, really good at what they do, but it, there's a limit to this modality, just like every other thing that we do. And people are like, Oh, we'll do this. And that will tell us what the problem is. And for me, okay, here's, here's my beef that's a lot of times with ultrasound, like I have diagnosed this animal with a surgical disease. This animal needs surgery. Everybody agrees that this animal needs surgery. And it's like, well, we need to do an ultrasound first. I'm like, wait a minute. So you want to put a probe that gives me like a sort of grainy image of what you're about to go look at directly with your own two eyes. Why can't you just look at it when you're in there? You're going to do a full abdominal explore. Just look at it. You're going to pick up every organ with your fingers, and you're going to feel it, and that is but better than any ultrasound, not especially the pancreas. the pancreas. But you're like, what could be better than that? Like, do you disagree that it needs surgery? No, you don't. Cool. Then get your butt in there because most of the time, what I'm dealing with are emergencies, and the more like an ultrasound, getting somebody to do an ultrasound usually delays things like an hour, and sometimes an hour is the difference between life and death. So yeah, I do get a little bit frustrated when it's and like, I oh, feel we like we need when you the want ultrasound. an ultrasound
1: and they don't do it, is. Is it the foreign bodies? Is
0: no. Is that a thing that can help?
1: There's one where it's like they need to do an ultrasound and they would know right where something was, but they for don't some reason. I feel like don't that was
0: it. me that said that.
1: No, it's you. I only talk to you.
0: <laughs> That's true. I feel like you're misremembering that. I don't know. I can't think of the thing where I get frustrated
1: about um next time it happens i'll tell you point me
0: point it out to me yeah and we so. have
1: recorded evidence now so you can be like i never said that
0: that's right i'll go back and delete this it. okay so i want everybody to go back <laughs> and delete the part where no um yeah i can't think of the time where i like struggle to get somebody to do an ultrasound because everybody wants to do an ultrasound all the time and i'm like can we just go look at that's it?" it's cool
1: it's how you see the baby
0: yeah those are fun and
1: but, they're like, look at the alien. Yeah, skull faces. Yeah, look at the parasite.
0: It's eating your food. That's so weird. It's kicking you. It's literally kicking you. You're so excited about it. What is wrong with you? Okay, babies are great. I love them when they're other people's. And I can give them back after like 20 minutes to an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, back to pancreatitis. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: worse than a baby.
1: Yeah, because... Wow. <laughs> You're <worse>? not convinced? <laughs> is it worse stomach pain?
0: Uh I couldn't tell you um, if anybody out there has had both pancreatitis and given birth, please let us know which was worse. I don't know. I've def- I think it depends on the pancreatitis. I think there is some pancreatitis that is absolutely worse than childbirth. Absolutely. Um, but that is observational and that's going to be different from patient to patient. And I've had neither. So I really don't have a vote. Pancreatitis is worse. Where are we? I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, That's we talked about talked how about you it
1: diagnose it, how rare it is or not rare.
0: Consider antithrombotics. I'm just going to throw that out there. If a bad, uh, in a bad pancreatitis, it's in the hospital. Consider like heparin or antiplatelet drugs or something because I can't really fix thrombosis after it's happened or at least and not And also it's well. in
1: the hospital. So yeah, it's if, in the hospital. So. If it has one of the problems from it's those drugs. Sick. It's easy yeah. for you guys. To work. Work. Or if you send They're it home, fine. it might be.
0: Yeah, no, if it's, if it's well enough to go home, it doesn't need those anymore. But if it needs to be in the hospital, just consider it. I don't have the studies, but I have anecdotal evidence, and it just makes physiologic sense. So consider antithrombotics. That's that's it. That's all I got.
1: Yeah, I guess so. And nutrition. A lot of you do is just Food. Reduce the other problems that the pancreas yeah, has caused, that's it. And then you just
0: have to wait. wait. You were right on the money the very first time. You just, they need time and you need to support them through that. They need to survive to have enough time to get through. So if they die of dehydration or hypovolemia, that's bad. If they die of their pain and intraabdominal hypertension, bad. If they die of their thrombosis, bad. If they starve, bad. Like, you know, so you just support them. Just support them. Does the them.
1: pancreas ever just like shrivel up and die in any of these?
0: It doesn't, no. It doesn't shrivel up and die. Uh, so the no.
1: pancreas can always recover.
0: Yeah, the pancreas well, I mean some of Most the patients stuff. die. Yeah. But yes, the pain it's not like it's oh not the pancreas. it's not like the patient recovered, but the pancreas is like a ball of stops rock working. now. It's all Whereas just like fibrotic. Your heart will stop No, working. I'm not aware, like the patients that have exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, it's not because they had a bad bout of pancreatitis. Um, although there is sort of a link between pancreatitis and diabetes. So some patients that have pancreatitis will have like a transient or temporary That's diabetes. That's what
1: I saw when I was Googling the zombies in the pancreas. There's oh yeah, like so diabetes, diabetes type 1.
0: Yeah, because diabetes is um, not enough or uh, not enough insulin production if it's type 1 or insulin um, resistance, which wouldn't really fit with this. But um, yeah, if the, ins- if the insulin, if the pancreas pancreas is temporarily broken, then it might not do a very good job of producing insulin. So the endocrine part of the pancreas can also be affected. So we do see transient um, hyperglycemia and things like that. There are some, um, I don't know, I saw some, like a title of something not long ago that was like, which came first, the diabetes or the pancreatitis or something like that. And so I, I guess people are, there's a link, but people are theorizing, but I, it's not like every dog that gets pancreatitis or every cat that gets pancreatitis is then going to be diabetic. But um, but there does seem to be an increased risk of getting pancreatitis if you have diabetes, which also makes sense. Your pancreas is kind of busted, and so it's going to be more prone to having issues, I guess. Yeah. And then that can cause your diabetes management to go out of whack. So be mindful of that in your patients that are diabetic. Pancreatitis should be an important differential if they have like a diabetic crisis or something. But now what are you looking He's ignoring me again, you guys. He's looking at I'm looking up to
1: see what that Santa Clara diet thing was, if it was a pancreas. So if I'm, oh, I'm, I found that it's called Mr. Leg Balls. Or Mr. Ball Legs.
0: What? I, this is why your phone isn't working anymore because you're looking up weird stuff like leg balls.
1: Yeah,
0: you're odd. No, she ate some sort of like nut or weird thing, or yeah, she but vomited then she something like that. Threw up that little red. Yeah, ball but it thing. was she ate some. I don't remember what it was. It's
1: a good show. We only saw the first season because we got rid. We of- We saw two seasons. We saw two seasons.
0: Yeah. Who doesn't have a good memory now?
1: Oh. Well, we only saw a couple seasons. <laughs> We have we don't know what's happened in the past. Like that's right. Was that on Netflix?
0: We don't have Netflix anymore. Yeah, I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, that sounds right. But is it Santa Clara or Santa Clarita? Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. I
1: don't know all these California places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently neither do I. Um. All right. Well, we're digressing now. Um. But I think that's kind of all I had. That's all you got to say. I mean, you know me. I can talk for hours and hours. But I feel like that's enough. The people are done. They should be done. All right. That yeah. And that's the end. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to send us emails and Twitters and grams and things. And we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye.